There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Oh, come on now. You know you deserve it. A steak patty on any McDonald's breakfast sandwich. I mean any breakfast sandwich. Biscuit, McMuffin, Bagel, McGriddles, a juicy steak patty on any breakfast sandwich. And when you order through the app, buy one and get one free. Now go get them. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over, taking over, taking over. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say it's good to see them this morning. Tell them that. Look at somebody else. Tell them you look wonderful. Tell them that you look wonderful. Some folk don't hear no kind of encouragement at all except that they come here on Sundays. Encourage somebody else. Tell them you look marvelous. Just tell them you look marvelous. Uh, amen. Hallelujah. Y'all ready for the word today? Lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the Word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the Word. I'm a doer of the Word. This Word has given me life. Y'all shout it. I am. Y'all sound like y'all ready for this Word today. Flip to Luke chapter 9. Of course, throughout the teaching today, I want you to tweet me at Bishop Foreman. If you tweet me, I'll retweet you, and uh, we'll go and move in those things. God has ordained. Luke 9, verse 23. When you have it, say, I have it. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. All right, I'll wait for you. See, I'll wait for you. question is, is do you, you wait for your neighbor? Uh, Luke 9, verse 23. He says, then he said to them all. So who's Jesus getting ready to talk to? Everybody. Just say it with me like we say it from the country. Everybody. See, in the country, we remove the V and just say, err. 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 Luke 9, 23. Then he said to us all, if anyone desires to come after me, anybody going after Jesus in this place? He says, if anyone desires to come after me. Now, let's be very clear about what that means. Because oftentimes people say, I'm going after Jesus. I'm seeking God. And we don't quite understand the totality of that statement. When we're going after Jesus or we're seeking God, what we're saying is we're seeking what's important to him. See, in Matthew 6, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom uh, of heaven and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Jesus said, you seek me by seeking what's important to me. Does everybody understand that? So let's make sure we have a good understanding of this. Because some people say, oh, I was seeking God all night. Well, what did you do? Oh, I just prayed. But that's part of seeking God. But that's not everything. You got to get up and do something after you pray. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, which means what's important to me, let him do what? Say it with me. Deny himself. And let's say it. Take up his cross. How often? Daily. And do what? Follow me. Verse 24, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit a man if he gains the whole world, old King James says, and loses his soul, new King James says, and is himself destroyed or lost. Verse 26, 
for whoever, which means this can apply to anybody, whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or for 50 years. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him, the Son of Man, or Christ, will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his fathers and of the holy angels. And in other words, here's what God says. If you're scared to tell people about me, when you get in front of me, I'm going to be scared to tell him about you. Touch your neighbor and say, don't be ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed to be a Christian. Be proud of it. And the issue many of us have is that because we think whenever we make a mistake that somehow we've lost our Christianity. And the truth of the matter is, is that the fact that we make mistakes and he still loves us is proof of our Christianity. Christianity is not a story of people that were messed up becoming perfect and no longer making mistakes. Christianity is a story of messed up people being redeemed by a Jesus that loves them, that will still make mistakes and still have issues, but that Jesus still loves them in spite of those issues. So really, the true power of your Christianity is seen not in your perfection, but it's seen in your weaknesses. Because you get to say, well, when I am weak, he is made strong on the inside of me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Father, you hear me and you always hear me speak now in this place. I decrease that you might increase, Father. I thank you that I'm raising up a Luke chapter 9 people in this house. A people, God, that say we're going to come after you and we're going to pick up our cross daily and follow you. Father, I thank you that there's a Luke chapter 9 people being raised up in this place that say we will not be ashamed of you. We will not be ashamed to serve you, Father. But I declare that there's some harvesters that are getting ready to rise up in this community in this city and in this region and we thank you for it in Jesus name we pray somebody shout hallelujah encourage somebody tell them what I'm going to teach on today tell them say neighbor the harvesters are coming you can be seated uh, today's teaching is a message of three things, reflection, correction, and strategic direction. Uh, reflection is to look back on that which we've gone through. Correction is to uh, fix those things that we have gone through or walked through. And strategic direction is to give us a plan to move forward. Say strategic direction. This is a message that, quite frankly, really pertains to our house. So if this is your first time today, I'm trusting God's going to speak some great things to you. Uh, but if you're a part of this house and this is your house, this is something that you need to make sure that you are uh, intently listening to and planning on applying. Are you here? Uh, for the last couple of weekends and midweek worship experiences, we've talked about shifting to the next level of maturity. Remember, we talked about how there are four kinds uh, of people that come to church. They are multitude. Multitude people come for what they can get. Multitude people will come uh, as long as you've got a good show. As long as the show is good, multitude people will be there. Uh, then there are sheep. Sheep are unique because sheep need shepherds. And the shepherd would take his shepherd's staff, remember, and he would break the legs of the sheep when the sheep would try to wander off uh, because the shepherd understood that the sheep thought it could see better than it really could. Uh, sheep's strength is in its hearing, not in its seeing. Lay your hands on your ears. Say, Lord. I said, everybody, lay your hands on your ears. Say, Lord. Touch my ears. Anoint my ears to hear clearly, to hear clearly, and once I hear, to obey what I hear. I'm not just a hearer, I declare I'm a doer. Uh-huh, see, 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 that's where your strength is as a sheep. It is in your ears. And one of the things that the enemy will try to do as you're matriculating through the levels of maturity is to try to mess with your hearing. So you got to be careful of what you hear. The scripture says faith comes by hearing. Well, if faith comes by hearing, that must also mean that fear and foolishness come by hearing as well. 
And so there are certain things you need to tell certain people, I can't hear that. I don't need to hear that. I don't even want to know what's going on with that because I know if I hear that, it's going to contaminate me. It's going to make me negative. It's going to make me, am I talking to anybody in here? And so then the second level is that of the sheep. Sheep's leg needs to be broken. We've talked about how that means that a sheep's will needs to be broken. The third level was that of the servant. A servant doesn't come for just what they can get. A servant comes for what they can give. And then finally, you have the son. Sons and daughters, are spiritual sons and daughters, are built in and bought into the family business. And here we are in the business of doing what? Changing lives. Now, now we talked about shifting. Say shift. So my challenge to you a couple of weeks ago was if you're a multitude to shift to being a sheep, if you're a sheep, shift to being a servant, if you're a servant, shift to being a son. How many people you made that shift when I asked you to make that shift a couple of weeks ago? Uh, God bless all seven of you. Amen. So now uh, watch this. I shared with you. Uh, about how God dealt with me concerning my assignment in this city and this region. And I talked about some of my frustrations in this region and how God told me that I was sent here to change those things. Please understand uh, that we are all built for greatness. Say, I am, I am. built for greatness. But we know this because we all uh, experience a feeling called frustration. And frustration is an indication that there's greatness inside of you. You get frustrated when the external circumstances you're dealing with do not match up with the greatness that is on the inside of you. And so because of this disequilibrium, what you find yourself dealing with is frustration. And I share with you the frustration I was feeling because I know what God placed on the inside of me, yet I saw what I was dealing with. And sometimes you got to be careful not to allow what you're dealing with to distract you from what's on the inside of you. See, if greatness is inside of you, you're going to have to get used to seeing mediocrity outside of you so that you can change that. Did you hear what I just said? See, great, there may be a business owner on the inside of you, but don't you get defeated and distracted by looking at yourself flipping burgers and doing fries now. You better be the best burger flipper and the best, best fly dipper. I don't know, you'll put them in the oil, whatever. You better be the best step there is because if you cannot handle mediocre things, God will never trust you with great things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I shared with you that and I asked you to make a shift. Say shift. And last week, last weekend, we talked about expecting the great. Anybody expecting the great in their life? And we said this, we said this. Remember this? God loves me, y'all remember? And his love is free, but great has a fee. Say that. God loves me. And his love is free. But great has a fee. But please understand this. We ended that teaching. There were four things necessary to see the great in every area of your life. And as we talked about the great, we called it the great because it was a noun, person, place, thing, or idea. Uh, greatness and walking in the great is a lifestyle, which means just not one area of your life should be great, but all areas of your life should be great. Did you actually know that you can actually have that kind of life to where not just one area of your life is great, but when you look at all areas of your life, they're great. Now, please understand, we discovered that the great does not mean you're not going to have issues. It does not mean you're not going to have trials and tribulations. It does not mean you're not going to have to go through some rough days. It does not mean you're not going to have to go through some hell and some high water. It just means that even despite and in spite of all of that, when you add it all up, it's still great. Are you still here? So remember, I gave you four things. I gave you four things. I gave you four things. The first of those things, if you want to see the great. How many people want to see great in your life? Great in your life. Great. Okay, good. Good. Now, if you don't want to see great in your life, that's cool. Keep doing average because that's what everybody's doing. So that's okay. If you won't be average, that's fine. Average people are common and common people are average. The problem you're going to have in life is that God, when you stand in front of him, he's going to ask you some questions about your average living. 
And he's going to say to you, he's going to say, now listen, I set you at that church and I set you with that bishop foreman and he gave you all of that feature. Now, what did you do with it? But Lord, I just didn't want, I don't want to hear that. What did you do with the teachings and instructions you were given? See, it's getting real quiet here in the church. I'll shout if I was saying something else and telling you for to get something. My question is, what are you doing with that which you already have? See, it's easy to look and say, if I had that, if I had that, if I had that. Well, guess what, my brother, my sister, my son, my daughter? You don't have it. So what you going to do with what you do have? So rather than sitting and complaining about what's not there, why don't you start strengthening what is there? God's going to ask you. God's going to ask you. God's going to ask you. going to say, what did you do? with that because God's going to say I created you to do this and check this out your concern should not be failure your concern should be succeeding at something you were never supposed to succeed at you missed what I just said God's going to look at somebody and say listen I gave you teaching I gave you direction and I said you were supposed to do this and, and this is what I put you on there for and you went over here because you didn't want to be uncomfortable you didn't want to have to deal with this you didn't want to have to deal with you didn't want to deal with none of that and so you succeeded at something just not something I put you there to succeed at can I give you a pragmatic example see a turtle only succeeds when it's swimming now, granted, there are turtles that can also get on land as well. You follow what I'm saying? But a turtle's success is not getting up and taking the mic and preaching the gospel. So if a turtle said, Bishop, uh, uh, Lord, Lord, I built you this great church. I had turtles over here. I had some chameleons back over there. I had some reptiles. Lord, it was a multi-reptilian multi uh, 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 and amphibian church. Lord's going to say, listen, I don't really care nothing about that. I put you on earth to swim. You were most valuable to me when you were swimming. See, somebody's going to get what I'm saying. Touch your neighbor and say, don't succeed at the wrong thing. Now, the first thing I told you you got to do to see great in your life is do what? Anticipate. So the question was, is what are your gifts? What are your talents? What skills do you have? You must take stock of what you have so you can take note of what you need. So often, people think they need something and they'll pray for something and wonder why they don't get it. It's because God says you already have it. So a person will say, Lord, just give me wisdom. And you don't feel like you got any more increase of your wisdom. And God's saying, because you already have wisdom. I already gave that to you, James chapter 1, with all liberality. You're praying for something you already have, but you don't know that you have it. Let me give you a great example. You ever go into the grocery store to buy something that you already have because you refuse to spend five minutes to make a list? Amen. It's real quiet right in here. It's, I know I'm not the only one, so don't y'all look at me with that tone of voice. Some of y'all got 15 canisters of mayonnaise in your house. You are never going to run out of mayonnaise. <laughs> well, now, nah, that's granted. If it's a sale, get in bulk. That's one thing. But most people don't do it because it's on sale. Most people do it because, do I need some mayonnaise? I don't know if I need some mayonnaise. Well, let me just get some mayonnaise just in case I need some mayonnaise. You got $75 worth of mayonnaise at your house. <laughs> do, do you get the point? That's what we often do in life. What we do is we don't anticipate great because we don't take stock of what we have so that we know what we need. So you got to take stock. What are your talents? What are your gifts? What are your skills? You have to know those things so that you'll know what it is that you need. The second thing I told you, if you want to see greatness in your life, you have to educate. And who are you educating? Yourself. You need to have a classroom of one. I know everybody likes to be an instructor to everybody else. The problem is, is the main person you need to be worried about educating is you. Before you pick up the phone, I'm going to tell them what I think they ought to do. You really ain't the one need to be doing that. What you need, you need to lead that to somebody that's a good professional. What you need to be doing is teaching yourself. 
Oh, it got real quiet in the church, especially over in this section. So we must have a lot of people over here. I don't know. Y'all stretch your hands towards him. Uh, we must have a lot of people over here that somehow think that they know better for everybody else. And maturity in life is when you have the ability to say, before I try to fix something, and Jesus said it like this, before you try to fix the issue with somebody else, you need to handle your own issue. So before you getting on the phone giving somebody else some parenting advice, make sure your kids ain't bad. Okay, I can't get nobody to say nothing right there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and so now watch this. Say educate. And so I, I told you this, that applied knowledge is power. Knowledge by itself is not power. I know a lot of smart idiots. See, idiot does not mean a lack of knowledge. Idiot means self-destructive in the root origin of the word. So you could be a smart idiot. You could be an intelligent idiot. You could no, be so smart that you're dumb. You ever met anybody like that? That they're so intelligent. And you look at them and you say, what a way. Man, if I could do that and I knew how to do that and I could do that, man, I'd be something. I'm here to tell you that even without you knowing how to do that and knowing how to do that, you're still something. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image and the likeness of God. When God made you, he broke the mold, baby. That's why there's only one of you. Stop trying to be something else and be who he made you to be. So now look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. I talked to you about the importance of getting the teachings because many times the tests we face in life, say tests, the tests we face in life, they are open note tests. Can I bust something up? Please stop saying God works in mysterious ways. That is a lie. And if you repeat that, you are guilty and culpable for spreading false information. That's a crime. He does not work in mysterious ways. Who the Lord work in mysterious Some of y'all need to call Big Mama and them and say, please stop saying that. You are wrong. Well, you never know what the Lord's going to do. I do because I can read. He's going to make me the head and not the tail. I can read. He's going to make me above and never beneath. I can read. He's going to make me the lender, not the bar. I can read. So I, I know what he's going to do. The Lord does not work in mysterious ways. If you're working in mysterious ways, why would you write a book? Why would you write a tell-all autobiography if you're trying to work in mysterious ways? If he's trying to keep secrets, he's horrible at it. Or be mysterious, I should say, because there are certain things the Scripture says that there are mysteries that he reveals to his servants, the apostles, the prophets. But that's why you have to be in a kingdom house so you can receive those things. But back to the teaching. Watch this. The tests you face in life are open note tests. It amazes me because many times... I'm talking to your neighbor. You're spiritual. You don't do this, but that neighbor of yours, they do this all the time. When they face a test, they get surprised by it like they don't know what to do. I didn't know this was coming. No, you weren't listening because you thought I was preaching to your neighbor. But you got about four or five weeks advance notice. The tests we face in life are open note tests. And please understand, uh, it, 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 is, it is ridiculous to fail a test when you don't have to simply because you do not have your notes with you. May, you remember coming in school when there was an open note test or an open book test, and there would be them one or two people that would not come with their book or notes. And you're thinking to yourself, you've got to be just drinking Drano to come in here when you know you can use your own notes and use your own book, and you, I forgot my book. So you fail in a test where all the answers are on the paper. It's no secret. They're not trying, it ain't trying to be deep and, and it's, it's right here. What's the point? What's the point I'm trying to make? You have an arsenal of teachings and materials at your disposal. And if you're choosing not to use them, no wonder why you're failing the test that you're failing. Does your neighbor say, use what you've been given? 
We said educate. We said educate. Now watch this. Uh, if you're focusing on, watch this, you become what you focus on. And if you're not focused on anything, you're becoming nothing. You become what you focus on. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. you, you, you you've, uh, matter of fact, get your Bible real quick. Let me do this. I haven't done this in a while. Go to Psalm 23. If you don't, if you don't have a Bible and you use a digital Bible, this ain't going to quite work for you, so just look on somebody that's got a, a regular old Bible, one of them 20th century Bibles. Got it? Now go to Psalm 23. Okay? Now, I want y'all to read that. I want y'all to read it like you're getting ready to preach it to me. I mean, just read it like, whoo, you finna preach me out of this building. You got it? Ready? Verse 1, read. Okay, hold on. Let me just stop the preachers real quick. Now, y'all need to preach that better than that. Amen. I wouldn't put y'all up for three minutes to preach that like that. Now, now I want y'all to do this, do this verse 4, and, and I want you to really preach it to me. Got it? Verse 4. Let's go. Uh-huh. 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 Surely. Stop there. Now, isn't that wonderful? Man, you're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy. Now, put a dot on your page. Put a dot on your page. Just put a dot. It's okay. You can write in your Bible. I got permission from Jesus. Okay, now if you don't have it, just, just you got to do this in your mind. Got it? Okay, put it down on your page. Now, close your Bible. Okay, just go and close it. Some of y'all, now some of y'all's dots too big if you're still making your dot. Okay, now go back to Psalm 23. Go back to Psalm 23. I want you to see this. Go back to Psalm 23. Why do you see this? What's the first thing you see? The dot. Now, you just read all of that wonderful Surely, he, goodness and mercy, there's a table before me in the prayer. You just read all of that. But that little dot is the first thing you focused on. You're not getting the point what I'm trying to make. Whatever you focus on is what you're becoming. So, so often you keep getting distracted by dots in your life rather than the word which is supposed to be guiding your life. Which means tomorrow when a dot comes your way, you got to say, am I going to let this little dot distract me from all the promises that are in this book? Are y'all still here? Then I told you after you educate, what do you need to do? Renovate. Now, remember, we talked sometimes the greatest enemy in, in your life is the inner me. And we talked about creating winning routines in life. And you'll remember I talked about my former problem with Starbucks. About how my routine was set up so that in the morning I went to go get a tall, put in a grande cup, add extra whipped cream. And in the evening, I went to get an ice white mocha, tall, put in a grande cup so I can get extra whipped cream. The truth of the matter is, is I really could just have a side of coffee with my whipped cream. Because the whipped cream is the best whipped cream. I, this, I'm telling you, it's got an anointing on it. Somebody, some Christian, when they're preparing that in the factory, somebody's laying hands on that stuff and speaking something into it. Is that or they put narcotics in it? One of the two. But my routine was set up to give me the results that I was getting. And so, so often you say, Lord, just do this. Lord, do this. But you're not even changing your routine to give you the results that you want to see. Example, if you know there's somebody you need to get out of your life, and you know that every time you get off work, the first thing you do when you get in the parking garage is call that person that you know you don't have no business calling. Change your routine. 
go a different way to your car. Put your car, or, 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 or put your phone in your briefcase. Do something to change your routine so you have a winning routine. There are certain people you have in your life that you call them, and you know you ain't got no business calling them because you know they're bad news, but when you get bored and you don't have nobody else to talk to, they're the people you call. I wish y'all stopped looking at me with that tone of voice because you the one be doing it. What's the point I'm trying to make? you got to create a winning routine in life. You have to renovate your routine. Say, renovate my routine. See, for example, if your routine, if you're trying to get over smoking and drinking and these kinds of things, you got to change your routine. If you know that you smoke when you get stressed, then you need to find another way to immediately direct your attention after you get angry. Y'all looking at me like some of y'all don't smoke. Don't look at me like that. What is a cigarette? What is that? The thing you was flicking right out before you walked up in this church. Don't look at me like that. Now, I'm not judging you. What am I trying to say? You're killing yourself. You see all these scary videos they be putting on with people talking through their neck and stuff. You don't want to be one of them people. I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you. You don't, you don't want to be talking like this here. Change your routine. Though. If you know that's the first thing you go to when you get stressed, change your routine. So go get you a bottle of Vita water or something. Do you get the point I'm trying to make? Change or to get you some gum. Chew you some gum. Get you some bubblicious so that it takes up your whole mouth. <laughs> Don't be popping it now. Don't be popping it. Cause... It's rude. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? The last thing we said after renovate is to do what? Cultivate. And we talked about how Jesus said the greatest among you would be your servant. Got it? Serving is not, the way to greatness is through serving. And we ask this question, do you build your life around Jesus or do you build Jesus into your life? If you build your life around him, that means you build your life around what's important to him. If you build him into your life, that means that you say, Jesus, wherever you can fit in, get in. And that's not how it ought to be. It ought to be, God, I'm going to build my life around you. See, because when he's the center of your life, then your life will never spin out of control. You missed what I just said. Where many people have issues is they build their life, uh, uh, they build Jesus into their life. The problem is he's over here in the corner somewhere, and you're trying to build your life, and I'm doing my thing, and I'm doing my, and if I get to church, I get to church. If I don't, I don't. If I pray, I pray. If I don't, I don't. If I worship, I worship. If I don't, I don't. If I give, I give. If I don't, I don't. And Jesus is saying, no wonder you're getting half results because you're putting in half effort. It's quiet in the church. Now, now let me parenthetically insert this here. That KLU, which coincidentally, my goodness, there's a new session that starts tonight. Amen. We'll show you how to do these four things. We say it every week. If you want to get involved in Harvest, it's easy to ask. One, two, three. See your communicator or our website for details. I just had to throw that in there real quick for you. Now watch this. And virtually, tell somebody, say he's shifting now. Tell the other person, say he's shifting now. And virtually every level of sports competition, teams are divided into both what? Offense. Now, one side is to protect the territory game and keep the opponent from gaining new territory. That's called the defense. The other side is to gain new territory. That's called the now, 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 hear me. The issue that we sometimes face in church and in life is, is that the offense and the defense on the same team think they're playing against one another. 
you didn't hear what I just said. Uh, uh, one of the things, I was watching a documentary about one of the uh, large Wall Street bankers, and they talked about how the culture, how they were able to achieve so, so much success, uh, 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 of course, at the hands of the taxpayers, but how they were able to achieve uh, so much success and all this throughout their business was because they had a very clear mentality. Their mentality is we shoot to kill, but we only shoot outside. I wish I had somebody here. The issue that we face is that, touch your name and say, we're on the same team. Which means we shouldn't be blazing up our weapons at one another. It's not offense, defense, where we're playing against one another. It's offense, defense, where we're playing to save our city, to save our community, to save... What, 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 what? Touch your neighbor. Say, stop turning your guns on me. Stop it. And let me tell you, because some of you are saying, I don't turn no gun on nobody. Come on, don't be that dense. What I'm saying is, is you talk about them. You start stuff with them. You have issues with them. You don't see the best in them. You don't pray for them. Touch your neighbor say, pray for me. Pray for me. We're on the same team. Say, same team. And harvest, hear me and hear me well. It is time for us to take some major territory in our community, in our city, and in our region. God is waiting on us. Joshua 18.3, Joshua says to the children of Israel, he says, how long will you neglect to go and possess the land which the Lord your God has given you? In other words, God says, I've given this to you, and it's sitting over here waiting on you to come get it. And so often we're sitting back waiting on God, and God is like, well, to do what? I've already given it to you, just go and get it. Touch your neighbor and say, let's go get it, let's go get it. We are engaged in a spiritual war. Matter of fact, let's call it a championship game. Can, can we call it that? We're, we're engaged in a championship game for our city, for our community, and for this region. And hear me. For too long, our soldiers, let me say it another way, our players, let me say it another way, harvesters have been receiving A-team coaching but producing B-team results. It's quiet here. We cannot win the championship game with the A team playing like the B team. I wish I had somebody that, no, let me, let me go ahead and check. Because some of y'all know, what is the A team? No, okay. Let's just break it down. Now, now the A team, those are the starters. Those are the guys that start the game. Let, let, me, let me make it real practical for you. That's Elway and Terrell Davis. You, you remember them back-to-back -back Super Bowls back then? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, uh, they were the starters. They were the A team. If they got hurt, there were some other players that you don't even know their names because they're on the B team. They're on the B team because they sit on the bench. Watch this. The coaches say, you're not good enough to play on the field. Not because, watch this, not because you're not receiving good coaching. You're just not applying the coaching you're receiving to be on the A team. Okay, got real quiet right there. Touch your neighbor and say, you're supposed to be on the A-team. You're supposed to be a starter. So Harvest, here's the corrective piece. Y'all cannot continue to play like the B-team. This is not a JV game. This is a varsity game. And I'm not just talking about in your life. I'm talking about in our church. It's time for us to win the championship, man. Where's the A-team at? Where, where are my starters at? Where are the people that can be counted on in hell and how? Where are y'all at? 
watch this, watch this, be seated, watch this, watch this, watch this. This is so, this is so crucial that we understand this. Today, I'm challenging everybody to take the A-team coaching and training you're getting and start playing like a starter. Do you understand that? Let, let, me, let me take some of y'all back a little further when basketball meant a little something different to me. Let, let's go back to Jordan and Pippen. Oh, am I, y'all don't, Michael Jordan? Yeah. Scotty Pippen? Now, now watch this. They, 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 they were something else now. They, 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 they were starters, and they played like it. Got it. Now, I need everybody in this place, everybody that is a harvester, hear me, to start playing like you're a starter. Hear me. If you are not part of the solution, you are the problem. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. It's not that you're part of the problem. You are the problem. And here's the deal. We don't have no problem kids here. So I speak it into your life. You are a starter. I speak it into your life. You're on the A-team. I speak it into your life that you're a game changer. I've been sent here to this region by God to raise up an army of harvesters, an army of starters, an army of the A-team, an army of the game changers. And God, hear me, has sent you to this church and into this man of God because together we're supposed to turn this community, this city, and this region upside down for Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, you're here because you've got it in you. Touch somebody but say you got it in you. Touch them like you really want to touch them and say you got it in you. Next, I'm going to have you start to shake them. So here's the deal. In any game, the coach will walk out and the coach will talk to the team. You got it? Now, now, I'm a 21st century coach, so I don't wear no jacket. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Maybe next week. Now, here's the deal. The coach walk out, and the coach is going to go over the game. So, let's go through our game plan. Say game plan. Game plan. So, so, here's the strategic direction part of what we're going to do. So, I'm telling you to play like a starter, but you need to know what the game is. You need to know what, how starters play. You got it? Now, here's the game. The game is the second half of the 2012 Denver Olympics. Some of y'all... <laughs> for you note takers because some of y'all's pins are stuck the second half of the Denver 2012 Olympics now you say what, what do you mean the second half because we're halfway through the year and so we got, we got this game plan has to be implemented over these next six months but in addition to that it's the Olympics because in the Olympics it's not just one game that's being played there are multiple games and what do I mean by that in the Olympics you have basketball you got soccer you got this and that you got all kind of stuff you got stuff you never even knew was a game stuff you didn't even know was a sport some of you look at that that ain't quite a sport they just kind of standing there watch this the reason it's the Olympics is because hear me in this church right now we have every talent we need every gift we need and every skill we need, we just need everybody playing for the same team. Somebody say, we're on the same team. On Twitter, when there are people in their bios, they'll put uh, the number sign, and then they'll say team this and team that. We team harvest. And in this second half of this game, I need everybody on the field playing the game like a starter. Somebody say, the harvesters are coming. Say it again, the harvesters are coming. So now here's the game plan. Here's the game plan. I want to be very clear because we need to know what our victory looks like. Our mission is to lead people to totally love God, 
love people, and love life as one church in global locations. I want to be very clear that we are in the business of changing lives. Jesus, when, when he got ready to depart and he was giving them a parable, Jesus says, he says, he says, do business until I come. Got it? Which means do something until I get back. Uh, parents, you ever left your children at home and given them something to do to only return home and they have done nothing? It's okay, parents. You can be honest. They're next door. <laughs> have you ever said, now listen, listen. Now, I want you to clean this up. And I want you to clean that up. And I want you to get that done. And when we get home, if you do that, then we're going to go to Fun World or wherever you go. Got it? Fun World. That's what I call it. Fun World. Got it? Now, watch this. You get home. Now, you've already told them there's a prize if you do what I told you to. And do business till I get back. I'm going to help somebody in this place. Some of you looking for a prize, but the problem is you ain't been doing business while he's been gone. So you're looking for a prize amiss. You say, Lord, when we going to get ice cream? God said, we ain't. Lord, when is my ship coming in? We put it on hold. What's the point I'm trying to make? Parents, you tell them, listen, you better get, you get this done. You get this done when, you get, when I get back there. You get back to the house, and the house look like who did it and why. And you're trying to figure out, how is it I left when it was like this? And I got back, and it was like this. See, all the parents trying to be quiet because they want you to think their kids are perfect. You better come up out of that pride. I see them every week. You ain't fooling nobody. Are you still hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, now watch this. Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus said. He said, do business till I come. We are in the business of changing lives. Black lives, white lives, Latin lives, Asian lives, Arab lives, uh, every age, every race, every color, every background, every pedigree, every economic situation, everybody, anywhere, no previous church experience necessary. We're in the business of building up men that have been beaten down all their lives. We're in the business of giving people that have never had more positive male leadership in their lives, giving them to them. We're in the business of letting teenage girls know that you don't have to lay on your back to be valuable. We're in the business of letting women that know that have been beaten and battered know that there is life after that mistake. There is life after those issues. We are in the business of letting people that have hit rock bottom know that Jesus is the rock at the bottom. We're in the business of changing lives, man. That's what we do around here. Come just as you are, but don't plan on staying that way because when this world word gets a hold of your life, it will radically revolutionize and transform your life. So with that in mind, here's the game plan. Y'all ready? First piece to it, very simple, is I want to invite everybody to get involved. A new session of KLU starts tonight. You can get the details in the communicate. We even have child care available. Now, listen, I don't want you to feel pressure. So if you don't want to get involved, don't get involved. But please get out of the eight team's way. And what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? I, I want to be very practical about what I mean by that. Uh, if you, you don't want to play in the game, but you just, you just want to bring water for folks, that's fine. But please don't walk in the middle of the field and announce that you got water and stop the game. What am I trying to say? If you're not willing to be part of the solution, please don't complain. Okay, got, got real quiet right there. Y'all say amen and I won't dig right there. Oh, so I'm going to dig. So watch this. There is nothing worse than somebody complaining and is not doing anything to contribute or fix. You sitting up here complaining about the government, but the government needs to, well, who'd you vote for? Well, I didn't vote. Well, then shut up. You ain't got no right to say nothing to nobody about nothing. 
But I just feel nobody's interested in how you feel because you didn't vote. Do you understand the point I'm trying to make? If you're not willing to be part of the solution, that's fine. That's cool. Just don't get in the solution people's way. Finding issues and finding fault. And find, don't, don't, don't. Let's not do that. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Now, I want to invite everybody, even if you've already taken care of you, to retake it because you need to refresh. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And some of you need to hear it 15 times. You ever notice how sometimes on that 15th time, that's when you finally get it? You'd be like, oh. And then I'm sitting over here saying, I've been saying that for two years. You need to hear it over and over and over again. There's power in repetition. Repetition and redundancy are perhaps the greatest teachers that exist. Now, for people with schedule challenges, in the coming weeks, we're going to have some announcements behind how we're working to accommodate you. And again, there's no pressure if you don't want to, but I want to invite everybody to get involved. See, we're the body of Christ. Say the body. Now, in the body, everybody can't be an I. So some of you may say, well, Bishop, I don't really have, I don't really, I can't do this, and I can't do this, and I can't do this, but you can do something. Say, you've got something that you've been given. And Carol, you shows you how to do that. You've got something that you've been given that you can contribute to the body. See, if everybody's an eye, then we're going to have one big old eyeball. We're going to see everything but can't hear nothing. And that's how some of you watch this. Can I just help your neighbor? Do you get this? You get this real good. But your neighbor, see, that is the importance of making sure you're taking the teaching that you receive and apply it. Because if you're not applying the teaching, then what you'll do is you'll just be a big old eyeball but not hearing nothing. So watch this. We need the pinky fingers. You know, that's a little menial thing. No, but it's important because without the pinky, we can't quite grip it the way we want to grip it. Your big toe is just as important as your pinky toe. Now, some of your big toes have far more prominence than your pinky toe. But you need both of them so that you can walk properly. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? So since we're the body, everybody has a part to play. Isn't that awesome? That Jesus thought enough about you to make sure that you had a part to play. But you may think, oh, I made all these mistakes. I got all these issues. Great, because the person sitting next to you does too. They just churched up real nice today, but please understand, they got some stuff going on too. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Touch your neighbor and say, you are important. You play a vital part. Let's win this championship. LeBron is great, but he can't do it by himself. You understand? Let me bring that over to the church. I, God has given me some great things, but I can't do it by myself. I can't be up in the bookstore once I finish preaching, selling you the CDs. Y'all give me a minute. Let me get up in there. How many of you want? I can't be at the front door greeting you when you come in to give you a warm smile and give you an embrace. Good morning, good morning, good morning. No, and then come. I got to get downstairs. I got to preach. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I, I can't work my own camera and preach at the same time. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Everybody has a part to play. And I want to invite you to play your part. Amen. Second thing, second part of our game plan. You ready? This Aurora campus needs to be at 600 people in weekend attendance or greater by the end of 2012. Period. Now, before you came in here, there was another worship experience in here, and then you come in here, and of course, there's those that watch online that cannot be here in person. Here's the deal. Here, here's what it's all about. I have never been a guy that's been impressed by numbers for the sake of numbers, because numbers by themselves, you can have a bunch of crazy people, and so all you got is, is thousands of crazy people. Amen. Matter of fact, there's certain people I meet, and I say, I know exactly where you come from, because you're crazy. 
And everybody out that house just got crazy written all over them. What's the point I'm trying to make? What's the point I'm trying to make? We need to focus our efforts intently. See, you know, it's disingenuous for you to say, oh, Bishop, my life is changing. And now, ooh, I'm learning so much, and I'm growing in the Word. And, oh, man, my whole life has changed. And, oh, Bishop, I tell you, and it's, I can see clearly now because the rain is gone. And, I, and Bishop, you know, you know, all this. Where are the people with you? Let me tell you something. When I go to a great restaurant, you better understand, they have now found their entire marketing department. The office of the bishop is now their marketing department because everywhere I go, I'm going to be talking about that particular restaurant. For the next 12 months, they can expect uh, four quarters of successive profit and growth. Because when I find something good that I like, I want everybody to know about it. So here's my question. I read your testimonies, but where are the people with you? Well, Bishop, I invite them. No, you invite people that already go to church. Uh Uh-huh. Got real quiet right there. Y'all didn't have nothing to say right there. I'm making a point, guys. I'm making a point. This is our game plan. Got it? We're focused on reaching two groups. Now, we love everybody, and we receive everybody and anybody. That's just the way we are. Got it? But we need to focus on two groups of people in specific, unchurched and dechurched. Unchurched are people that have never been in church. Dechurched are people that were in church for uh, one part of their life. They fell away, and, and they need to be connected to a place like this. That's who we're focused on. Got it? You inviting people to go to other churches, that's great. If they say, oh, I'm looking for something, I want to go. But here's, then you'll play the game. Well, you come on with me. Well, then you come visit with me. And there's this, this Sunday visiting game. For what? Amen. Ooh, Bishop, that was a great word. You really blessed me. I, listen, that ain't what I, that's nice. <laughs> but I'm here to raise up an army. I'm here to raise up a people. I'm here to change the community. I'm here to change the city. I'm here to change the region. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the equivalent of you going to Wendy's and saying, man, you want this Big Mac? I bet y'all understood that. Now y'all got, y'all like, oh, okay, I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. Here's the deal. When you invite the unchurched and dechurched, more people equals more manpower, which means we can change more lives. It's very simple. Okay? And many pastors won't talk about that because, oh, we just want the Lord to do it. No, you're going to do it. The Lord's going to empower you, but you, oh, y'all better clap right there. Touch your neighbor and say, we're going to do this thing. God gives us the power to do it, but we're the ones that got to get out there and do it. See, there's plenty of power in these sockets. You go around, what are these, 120 volts, 120 volts in these sockets? 120, okay, there's 120 volts. See, I know a little bit about electricity. Okay, so there's 120 volts in the sockets. You got it? But now, if you don't plug into the power, my light won't work. I just don't know why my light won't work. Because the Bible says you're the light of the world. I don't know why my light won't come on. Lord, just touch my light. Hey, 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 Lord, do my. God saying, plug in, man. Touch the neighbor say, just plug in. If you plug in, your light will start to work. That's the whole getting involved piece. Now, 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 for, now, lastly, and this is where I'll shout you real good. For those already in the dream team, let's start playing like the A-team. Let's start playing like starters. Let, 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 let's, and so the question becomes, is how does the A-team, how do starters, how do harvesters play? It's right there in the text that we read in Luke chapter 9. I won't read it for the sake again, but, but, but he, said, he said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me, and so on. Here's my first question. Here's how the A-team plays. Where's your desire or passion for Jesus? Where's that at? Because here's the deal. If I was telling you today that God was getting ready to do something for you, you'd tear the church up. But now that I'm telling you there's something you got to do for him, it's, it's just a little less 
exuberant. It's real quiet here. See, where's your raw passion for Jesus? Where's the passion that says, God, even if you don't do anything else for me, you've already been good to me. I want you to do something else for me, so don't get it misunderstood. But if you don't do anything else for me, you've already been good to me. God, you got me out of that car wreck. You got me out of that bad relationship when I thought I was going to lose my mind. You brought me back after financial ruin. You got me through that sickness. You got me through that cancer. People lack passion when they lack memory. You lack passion when you forget about the things he's done for you. You want to see people that are forgetful look at people's passion. See, see, we often talk about what we want him to do for us. But what are you going to do for him? Where's your passion? Why do you have to be cheer-led during praise and worship? Come on, lift your hands. Come on, move your hands. Come on, to the left, to the left, to the right, to the right. And that's wonderful. And we have a great time with that. But, but why you don't do that without any prompting? Why aren't you running into this place and saying, God, just thank you for giving me another opportunity to be in this place. God, I'll pre- even if they don't sing nothing, God, I'll be my choir of one because, God, you've been good to me. I'm not everywhere I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Man, I'm making progress. Man, I'm taking steps. Anybody glad that you're making progress? Anybody glad that you're taking steps forward? When I take flights, I love to sit on the window. I love to sit at the window. I do not like to sit in the middle because no human being likes to sit in the middle. Nobody. That's just the most uncomfortable place to sit, especially when you sit next to two people you don't know. And I do not like to sit on the, on the aisle because I do not like when they come to serve drinks, I have to put my leg back on the inside, and I like to have my leg on the outside. You understand? And, and, so, and so I like to sit on the window, and I like to see the window because I like to look out the window to see what I'm uh, beholding in my journey. I'm on my way to a certain place, but while I'm on my way there, I like to enjoy the journey there. You you didn't hear what I just said. So many people lose their passion because they're so worried about looking out their window, what's going on outside of their window, that they're missing the great things that are happening outside of their window. They're not enjoying the process because they're so obsessed with the finality of the destination. See, if if, if right now you, 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 you don't have a car, Enjoy the journey of meeting new people on the bus. God has given you a great opportunity to witness the people, and you, they coming to you. You ain't even got to go to them. You just, hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. How you doing? How you good morning? How you doing? God bless you. Good morning. How you they all right there for you. If you do not have a house and you're on your way and you want to own your own house, because God, you all that, and that's great. Enjoy living in an apartment. You got access to hundreds of people you can share good news with. They right there in your building. You ain't even got to leave home. Somebody say passion. Where's your passion? But then he goes on. Then he, then, then he goes on. He says, deny himself. Hear me, and this may offend you uh, if you operate in pride, so just get over it. None of this is about you. I know somebody just got really offended right there. And I need to tell you, you are really prideful, and you need to come up out of that. Hear me. None of this is about you. It is about you being healed so you can help heal others. And so often Christians think, well, I was offended. Well, I, but listen, you know why you're offended? Because you think it's about you. 
well, I don't really like the way Bishop said that. Let me just go on and help you understand something so you don't waste your time. I don't care. I'm going to preach this word, and I'm going to speak life into you, and I'm going to speak victory into you, and I'm going to speak hope into you, and you're going to be great if you sit under this teaching. You're going to go to new places in your life that you never even dreamed were possible. So you getting offended is the least of my concerns. My job is to make you uncomfortable. That's the job description. Read the Bible. That's what you, Everywhere he went, he made people uncomfortable. Everywhere he went. There's nowhere Jesus went where people didn't get uncomfortable. And then he'd look at the uncomfortable ones and he'd say something real slick to them. You brood of vipers, you make the people worse than y'all. Sit down. As I was saying, everybody. What do you mean make us uncomfortable? It's to cause you to grow. You'll never grow when you're comfortable. Comfort is the enemy of growth. Did you hear that? So here's my question. If you're denying yourself, uh, 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 are you judging people or praying for them? Are you being a blessing or just trying to get blessed? Which are you trying to do? Deny himself, which means, God, it's not about me. Can I just help you understand something? If this was about me, if I treated this about me, I love Denver. And a couple of weeks ago, I restored my faithful commitment to my assignment in this region. Hallelujah. Actually, I did it before that, but I told you all about it a couple weeks ago. Now, here's the I, I love the city. I love the people. I love those that God has charged me to lead. But now, listen, if this is about me, I love Denver. But with technology, we got these wonderful screens here to where you could receive the word. I could preach it in advance, and you could receive, or I could preach it live. And it could be on this screen, and I could be, I don't know, in a different city. I don't know, you know, where people, you know, you know different things, you understand? <laughs> What's the point I'm trying to make? But I understand it's not about me. If it was about me, I love Denver. But I wouldn't have picked Denver. I wouldn't have. If it was about me. I'm just telling you. Y'all go too extreme. It's too cold here and then too hot here. My nose can't catch up with the changes. You understand? I got to take all kind of decongestants and stuff. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? Okay. okay. Now, 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 now that's, that's just if it was about me. What is the point I'm trying to make? It's not about me. I deny myself so I can fulfill the assignment he's told me to fulfill. So if I can do that, then certainly you can sit in the seat that you perhaps don't want to sit in because they ask you to sit in that seat. It's quiet. Okay, I can see we better wrap this up because I'm losing some of y'all to the Golden Corral. All right. Then Jesus said, take up his cross, how often? Daily. What are you doing every day to further our mission? Where's your cross? A cross is not having to deal with the consequences of your bad decisions. A cross is something that you're doing for Jesus. Where's your cross at? And how often did he say we're supposed to pick it up? Every day. Isn't that something? Now here's what we're good at. We pick that bad boy up on Sundays. You and your whole Sunday spirit. You wake up in the morning, you've got gospel music playing or Christian music playing. Y'all know, come on, come on, come on, let's just be honest. God, if I could get an honest church, man, we could do something here. You understand? You're in your Sunday mood. Ooh, I can't wait to get to church. And so you tweeting people uh, at harvest underscore CC, man, that busy. You, I mean, you, you're in your zone. You Facebook, you telling, oh, man, I'm getting ready to go. Man, you need to come up. I mean, you're in your zone. You come to church, you get the word, you leave fired up, you leave passionate, you leave passionate, you leave excited. And then, though, right after you take your after church just ate nap 
You know your after church just ate now. Now I know in Denver because we, we're a very we're a very recreational society. Some of you may go hiking after you go to church. I don't have the energy to do all that. I eat and then I need to take a nap. Anybody else like your bishop? I eat. I gotta lay down. I did not have time to be sitting in the bishop. No, I need to lay down and take me a nap. It don't have to be a long nap, but it has to be a nap. And right after that, you lay the cross down until next Sunday. And the scripture says we're supposed to pick that Bible up when? Every day. Touch the neighbor and say, pick up your cross and further this mission every day. Last thing, I'm just about through. I'm just about through. Then Jesus said, and follow me. Hear me. You're not qualified to lead until you've proven you're a good follower. And so often what we run into in church is that people think they're ready to lead when they've not proven themselves as followers. You're not ready for the spotlight until you can hold it for someone else. Did you hear that? You're not ready for the spotlight until you can hold someone else's spotlight. See, I don't stand before you today as just some man who popped up one day and said, I'm going to start a church. That, if you've heard me tell a story, you know that was the last thing on my mind. But God had other plans. I stand in front of you, though, as a man that has followed the Scripture. The Scripture says, unless you have built another man's, who will trust you with your own? I have successfully built the visions and missions and dreams of other men so that it would qualify me to have mine built. What's the point I'm trying to make? What's the point I'm trying to make? It's very, very simple. It's very, very simple. Is Jesus said, follow. Somebody shout, follow. follow. Shout it. Say, follow. follow. So, so what I need everybody to do is get on the bus. You don't want to ride the bus? That's fine. We got a plane, too. You're not a plane person. That's all right. Got a helicopter on the way. Because God can never trust you to do something great in any area of your life until you've built something for somebody else. That's just the Bible. That's just the book. Jesus said, who's going to trust you with your own unless you built that of another man's? And then he says, I'm just about through. He says, he says, turn over your life. Got it. He says, turn over your life so that you'll find your life in him. He says, if any man desires to find his life, that man's going to lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, that man, got it, is going to find his life. Lose your plans for his plans. Did you hear what I said? Now, how many people you you radical enough to tell God that right now? Just those the radical of said, say, Lord. Lord. Say, Lord. Lord. I change my plans plans. to fix to your plans. I lay my plans down to receive your plans in Jesus' name. Last thing, and we're through. He says, if anybody is ashamed of me and of my words or of my word, I will be ashamed of him. So, so you, you have been, anybody ever been dating somebody and you're at the mall or you're, you're at a certain place and, and, and you find out, you, you didn't intend to find out this way, but you find out inadvertently that they're ashamed of you? Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Somebody walk up. Y'all walking in the mall or you're walking at, uh, at a, uh, an establishment and uh, you're walking and you're walking and y'all talking and hee hee. And, uh, and then somebody they know walks up. And they say, hey, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And you just kind of standing over there. Just waiting on them to make the introduction. 
to only have a few minutes go by and the introduction don't quite happen. And then finally, you kind of step up a little bit. Some of you ladies, you know how y'all do. You're the, and you are. <laughs> you, 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 some of y'all know what I'm saying. You know, fellas, you don't want to, you know, you, we kind of just sit back in the color a little bit. Just go, okay, I'm going to get, she got about 30 seconds. That's about, she got, she got about 30 seconds now. And then when they do turn and in, introduce you, this is my friend. And you'd be like, friend? Well, how many of us have them? <laughs> now, when I was buying that person, them shoes for you, I wasn't your friend. So friends don't buy expensive gifts like that. So I'm taking them shoes and that person. <laughs> Do y'all get my point? God says, listen, if you're ashamed to talk about me because you don't want to offend them at the expense of offending God, or God says you don't want to hurt them at the expense of hurting God, God says when you get up here in front of me, because we're all going to stand in front of him one day, and you're going to behold his glory. He's going to be like, hello, how are you? Jesus, oh my God, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh my God, I, I died with the heaven. I died with the heaven. Oh my God, this is awesome. Oh, holy, 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 holy are you, Lord. Oh, Lord, it's so good to meet you. Oh, I'm surrounded by the, how, how the song go? Surrounded by your presence. Will, will my heart feel, you know, will I dance for you, Jesus? Will we be so good? Jesus, I don't know what to do. Jesus, I'm just rambling. I don't know what to say, Jesus. And Jesus is going to be like, and you are Jesus. I, I was at church every week. Jesus, I was on Usher board. I was on, I was on Nurses Guild. I was on the building committee. We don't have none of those things. <laughs> Jesus, I did all this for you. Jesus, I did this, and Jesus, I did this, and Jesus, I prayed, and Jesus, I fasted, and Jesus, I did. He said, but when you had a chance to talk about me, you were so concerned about offending them that you offended me. And since you were too scared to tell them we were lovers, since you were too scared to tell them that you loved me, I don't know who you are. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, generational curses. For I never knew you. That's what he's saying there. He says, if you're ashamed of me, I'm going to be ashamed of you. So here's, here's, here's my question. How many of you proud to be a Christian? How many of you proud to be a harvester? Where you at? Several years ago, several years ago, several years ago, uh, James Brown had a song. And uh, James Brown, his song went a little something like this. He said, say it loud. And then the people said some other things. <laughs> so I remixed the song. So here's how it goes. This is going to go, say it loud. And y'all going to say, I'm harvest, I'm proud. Because here's the deal. You cannot be ashamed of your God and you cannot be ashamed of your church. And some of you, if you're on the fence, you're not sure whether or not you want to be here or not, that's cool. We're just going to make you an honorary harvester until you get some real paperwork. So just go on and play along with me. You following what I'm saying? How many people are you glad to be Christians? You're proud to be a Christian. You're proud to be a believer. How many people you are proud to be a harvester? You're proud to be connected. Say it loud. Come on, I can't do a little day, but come on, come on. Say it loud. Stand your proud self up. <laughs> I worked on my James Brown dancing a little bit. 
child. <laughs> Father, we are harvest. We don't come here. We are harvest. Your word declares that we are the church. This means we don't go to what we are. This means if we have church in a bus, we're harvest. If we have church in the Asian market across the street, we're harvest. We are harvest. And we're proud of the mission you've given us. Everybody, anywhere, no previous church experience necessary. Black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, men, women, young, old, in between, divorced, never been married, single, broke, or rich, on their way to poverty or on their way to greatness. Where, where, wherever people are, GED all the way to PhD, this is a house for everybody. I said, this is a house for everybody. I said, this is a house. And maybe today you're here, and I taught longer than I normally do because it was so important for me that you got this. Maybe you're here today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and you don't know Jesus. I'm here to tell you, I just told you, come as you are. Everybody, anywhere, no previous church experience necessary. Maybe you've never become a Christian. I'm here to tell you, 2,000 years ago, he died for you. He died for your sin so that you could have abundant, victorious life. It's real simple. He took what you should have got so you can get what he had. It's very, very simple. That's what Christianity is all about. It's not some requirement to be perfect because you're not going to be that. It's a requirement that when you do make mistakes, you've now got the King of Kings walking with you. But secondly, maybe you're hearing you've given your life to Jesus before, but you've not walked with him. And you need to rededicate yourself to him and say, God, I need to come back to you. Just like the prodigal son in the scripture to where he had fallen away, he lost his mind. And one day he said, Lord, I, 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 he's thought to himself, he said, I found my right mind. And maybe you've been doing your own thing, but today is the day where you say, Dr. Foreman, I found my right mind. And I'm going to come back to Jesus. If either one of those is you, I got good news for you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry at you. He's not trying to beat you up or put you down. He wants to lift you up to a place called greatness. He wants to take your life to places that you never even dreamed or imagined your life could go. Man, he's got a plan for you. He wants to use you to change somebody else's life. Isn't that powerful? He wants to use you to change somebody else's life. Right there in your seat, he wants to use you to change somebody else's life. And if either one of those is you, you need to become a Christian and rededicate yourself to Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up and throw it up proud. Why are you proud? You're proud because today is the day where you're making a step to say, I'm not ashamed to say that I want to follow Jesus. And if either one of those is you, on the count of three, throw your hands up. And when you do it, you're going to hear us celebrate you. But also, we're going to put something in your hand that's going to help you walk out your new relationship with Jesus Christ. If you need to become a Christian or rededicate yourself to him, on the count of three, throw that hand up. And we're going to have a big party for you. One, two, three. If that's you, throw that hand up. I see you. I see you. I see you. My God, I see you. Just keep it up. Just keep it up. We're going to put something in your hand. We're going to put something in your hand. Just keep it up. Man, we're celebrating you. We're celebrating you. Congratulations, son. Congratulations, daughter. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. Come on, Harvest. Somebody's uncle, somebody's mother, somebody's brother. God 
loves you. Shout that out. He loves me. Shout it out. He loves me. Shout it again. He loves me. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess my sins before you. I believe the Bible, which says 2,000 years ago, God sent Jesus to die in my place. Because of his death, I can have abundant life. I leave mediocre and step into great. Today is the beginning of the rest of the greatest days of my life. Doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. It just means even when I add up the bad, the good outweighs it. I declare I'm a starter. I'm on the A team. I'm a game changer. My story is going to help other people. I'm being healed in order to heal others. The harvesters are coming. The harvesters are coming. The harvesters are coming. Aurora, the harvesters are coming. Denver, the harvesters are coming. Rocky Mountain region, the harvesters are coming. If you believe that, give God a shout in here. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Starbucks Holiday Blend for Nespresso Virtuo, now exclusively at Target, there are even more ways to share the joy. Savor every smooth and festive sip all holiday season with friends and family at home to fill every indulgent day with cheer. 